Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> No one was being told what was going on except ICE agents did confirm with KPIX-5 that special agents with ICE and Homeland Security were executing a federal search warrant. We know that there's a lot of injustices that are happening and we care for our neighbors and we care for immigration rights. Listen to me, baby, that's all you gotta do. Yeah, no person is illegal. ICE is not welcome in this country. HSI is not welcome. I don't support what they do. We're really calling on the community to say that this is not okay, that we're gonna fight back. We're not gonna let people just disappear like this. Again, Oakland Police Department confirming this had to do with a federal criminal search warrant that had to do with human sex trafficking of juveniles. That's really the information that we have been we just received moments ago. You are fake news. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. Very fake news. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. I agree with that. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen, and I am flanked on my right by a guest co-host tonight. Friend of the show, Roaming Millennial. Thanks for filling in tonight. It's big yeah, luck for us. For sure. Thank you for having me on. Uh, wish Blonde's having a good time, I hope, and I'm happy to be here. I love the show. Yeah. So Blonde was, um, I, I have it on good authority she was wedded on Friday, though I have not spoken with her, so I have no idea if the plan, if everything went to plan. I assume it did. I assume no word is good word. Um, but uh, but yes, Blonde is out. Uh, but she will be back um, uh, Wednesday for the call-in show as usual, and then uh, she'll be back next Sunday uh, for the normal show as well. So we appreciate you filling in and, um, and taking her spot for the night. The news, of course, stops for nobody, blonde included. And uh, I was kind of surprised by how eventful this week was, uh, given the holiday. I thought it would be kind of quiet, but there's plenty to talk about. Oh, I knew with the 4th of July that there was going to be crazy stuff happening. I knew. I I mean, I was kind of watching like with morbid curiosity about what kind of freakouts were going to happen, and I wasn't yeah. disappointed. So, and it, so the president was in my neck of the woods this week. He was uh, in Great Falls, Montana on Thursday night, which I was off doing some 4th of July stuff. I couldn't make it to the event. That's mm, two or three hours north of where I live. So under nor under other circumstances, I potentially could have gone, but I did not attend. Anyway, he uh, he stuck to his usual lines, uh, ripping Maxine Waters and Elizabeth Warren, as he frequently does. And of course, the media reaction uh, goes crazy as it frequently does. So we'll take a look at that. I don't know if you've seen all these ice protests happening. Yes. Yes, they I are have. they are approaching pure insanity and not approaching. They are purely insane at this well, point. I think um, I saw footage. The first, I guess the largest one was the whole uh, keep families together protest. The one that was kind of like nationally orchestrated and stuff. And there was footage of that being passed around after. And I think one person captioned it. Um, 
Trump re-election campaign unbeknownst to protesters. <laughs> and so, honestly, that, that's pretty, it's pretty hard to believe these people aren't controlled opposition. I mean, I saw people yeah. um, like holding signs like no borders, no USA, abolish ICE. And it's like, okay, we've gone beyond, hey, I'm against family separation, which is kind of like a settled issue now. Like, I mean, Trump has agreed to back down on that. He's trying to get it fixed. And now you're just kind of going to super far left insanity that the average centrist American is going to look at you and go, maybe Trump isn't that bad. I mean, if yeah. that's what you're going after, good for you. I mean, yeah. I'm happy about it. So we'll take a look. And of course, there was a crazy lady who climbed the Statue of Liberty. There were a bunch of arrests in Philadelphia. And then this week, uh, some old, an older story resurfaced. I can't wait to get to this story. I played it a little bit in the intro there. But there was in Oakland, California, there was a, a Guatemalan family being busted up by ICE and Homeland Security over a child sex trafficking ring like child prostitution being facilitated in this house. People are still outside protesting. No ice, no border. Like they're mad that ice is busting up child prostitution in their, in their city. Child prostitution or t child prostitutes, pimps. I don't know. They're, they're people too, Matt. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, a, it's a very right. Western Eurocentric position that you're taking. Sure. condemning them like that. Uh, we've been talking a bit on this show about this Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the new darling of the Democratic Party, who, as far as I can tell, stands for communism light, no borders and no guns. That's the platform the Democrats are going on. But the interesting th thing this week is DNC chair Tom Perez came out and said, yeah, she's the future of the party. This is who we're getting behind. We'll take a look at that. And then she had an interview with Vice News that I thought was particularly interesting. Um, hey, turns out your self-avowed feminist, uh, Prime Minister up there in Canada is also a groper 20 years ago or yes. something. So uh, the, I, I find it interesting to watch Trudeau dance to stay consistent with his previous stances on zero tolerance and every accusation deserves credibility no. while trying to deny this. That was amazing. And it's kind of like the old, the whole conundrum of how do you continue to let people know you respect women while also simultaneously denying the harassment allegation yes. of said women? It's, it's, it's a pickle. The, the yes. male feminist conundrum. As old we as will time. watch uh, Justin Trudeau juggle torches and you know do hula hoops and all this stuff at, towards the end of the show. Good stuff. I, I normally I want to defend any guy. Well, not just any guy. Anybody who's accused of something damaging without evidence. But to the extent that he's set the precedent for this, I have a hard time not enjoying it. Um, uh, this was a big story this week. My my parents sent it to me. It was the first I heard of it. A Texas mother, a Texas mother, stops a carjacking and kidnapping of her children by shooting the robber in the face. No word uh, from David Hogg yet uh, about uh, his stance on this one. And then lastly, for the for the night, Starbucks uh, apparently is not done with all this racial bias stuff. They had independent investigators or, or independent consultants give them recommendations about what to do about their supposed racial bias issue. And one of the recommendations that they're coming out with now is that Starbucks is going to have a customer bill of rights. All of a sudden you have a bill of rights in a private place of business on private property. You are owed stuff or things. You have a bill of rights. You know, you're not a fan of the constitutional bill of rights, but the Starbucks bill of rights that might get you. That's I different. Can't, I can't different. believe the story of Starbucks, but we'll, we'll close with that. And of course, uh, we will take super chats in between topics. We read 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. We regret the policy, but we got to keep the Sunday show 
moving along. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That is beauty in the beta at gmail.com. If you prefer to listen to the show, you can take us on the go. Uh, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts in audio form. So we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. All links conveniently in the description for you. So before we hop into the the news of the week, give me give me an update on what's going on on your channel. What's what's all the roaming news these days? Uh, well, it's going great. Uh, last week, I had my producer on air with me for the first time. Uh, that was kind of fun. He's uh, We're filming another episode again tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be talking about... What are we going to talk... Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about how millennials love socialism and the idea of income inequality. And uh, I, I forget what the second story is, but that should be a good one. And, uh, you know, I'm still mirroring one episode every week on YouTube, and I'm still continuing to do my uh, regular old school, like, YouTube nook with the bookcase kind of videos as well. Right. I know some people, like, they've seen, they see a couple uncensored episodes, and they're like, why don't you do the old type videos anymore? Mm. I still do those. So, you know, I've, I just released one before the video on Friday, that was like a regular one. So uh, hopefully if, if that was more your cup of tea, you guys can enjoy both of them. And I, I don't notice that much of a difference between them other than the setting. I, are people that particular about the setting? They, I don't know if it's just the, the setting. I guess like the topics are kind of different. Like mm. on Uncensored, I talk more about straight politics usually. Sure. Um, you know, because CRTV, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like... It's political. The audience is, I think, a little bit older too. Um, and you know, I know my YouTube audience; they really like the social stuff. Mm. I've done. I did a regression analysis of my last. Uh, I think it was like sixty videos, and I broke it down into like category and uh, you know, controlled for time of day release, uh, weekend versus weekday length, and stuff like that. And on YouTube, my political videos never do very well. So I'm hoping that you know, to give the YouTube audience more of what they want, and the CRTV audience more of what they like, and try to keep everybody happy. <laughs> That's hardcore. You should be working as like a YouTube consultant if you're doing that type of. I think I could. I think I could yeah. do a good job, honestly. But it was yeah. it was super helpful. So. Ah, well, good. Uh, good. Glad to see your continued success. And, you know, we're, we're happy to have you back on this show, of course, because everybody likes having you around here. And um, and hopefully we'll we'll do it again soon when Blonde is actually here. And I can find, yes, yeah. I can also, find some wait. surprise cringe for you both. Those, Most you know, important update is that we're, we're trying to make things look a little bit less super villainy. So, like, mm. I try to get flowers, but they're actually too tall for, like, the the, the frame. So you can't see them. Except ah, for... Like, are they, the so they're real flowers, right? They're not, not fake stuff. <laughs> cannot confirm or deny cannot right. confirm or deny if they happen okay. to look miraculously preserved despite the ongoing months um it's just good luck sure yeah consistency is key they got to stay the same or else people exactly. will freak out exactly okay you ready to hop into the to the news yes okay so I want to talk Trump in Montana because this ended up being a big thing as all a lot of his rallies are but there's a lot of um aside from aside from his showmanship at the rally there's a lot of kind of serious trump news this week that uh sort of sets the context for for um uh for his uh for his rally here so the first of which is uh epa uh chief scott pruitt resigns um and i haven't followed this closely enough to say firmly if i you know think that his his scandal stuff is sufficient for his resignation or if he's being targeted those are the two sides i see scott pruitt was targeted unfairly by people who are trying to get him ousted versus mm, scott pruitt did a lot of kind of shady stuff scott pruitt was kind of a swamp creature those are the two sides that i see so um in his resignation letter 
Uh, Scott Pruitt blamed the unrelenting attacks on him personally as one reason for his departure. Um, the allegations against him, though, do include spending abuses. He apparently, or at least is accused of, getting luxury hotels costlier than allowed by government standards, using non-approved airfare so he could collect more frequent flyer miles, uh, using first-class travel in inappropriate fashion as investigated by Trey Gowdy in, in Congress, cozy relationships with lobbyists. So it's not it's not just crazy lefties going after him. I mean, Trey Gowdy's even going after him previously. Uh, so, you know, as I, I don't know if I, if I think this is justified or not. What I do know is that the evidence I see here suggests that, that he might be a little bit of a swamp creature, if you're going to use the term. Um, but as a practical matter, his replacement that Trump announced, Andrew uh, Wheeler, who's the agency's deputy, as far as I can tell, shares the same Pruitt and Trump view of deregulation. I don't see a, a meaningful change here necessarily in terms of what the EPA is going to be doing. Right. And I feel the same way. I mean, with Pruitt, I was I was never very excited about him just because I do feel like he's one of the people that Trump picked that doesn't really represent the anti-establishment drain the swamp by that he had during his election campaign. Mm -hmm. So in terms of him like leaving, I think, you know, there's, there are valid criticisms that I would be concerned about too. And if I'm the Trump administration, um, I think it's important to be able to separate the valid criticisms that even your base would have like, Hey, this person, you know, there's questionable ethics going on. He's too much of an establishment insider versus just the, the screeching leftist, uh, anti-Trump derangement. With that being said, though, uh, the new guy, Wheeler, he's already started to attract some of the same stuff, mm. even though like I mean, he hasn't even done anything yet. So I think there is, with any of these things, there is an element of they will always complain just to complain. Mm. Uh, but overall, I do think that if, like, if there's enough there where their complaints are valid and there's another person who's going to do the job just as well, maybe even better, who shares the same philosophy, like I, I, I wouldn't want to put someone's position over like the actual movement and getting things done. So I'm not, I'm not broken up about Pruitt leaving. Mm. Well, the other, the other big news here is uh, apparently we're going to do a trade war with, um, with China. Uh, this is, this is, a, this is in full effect now. So on Friday morning, Trump imposed $34 billion worth of tariffs on the import of Chinese products. China reacted immediately with similarly sized tariffs on American goods. Previously, the Chinese government said uh, it would tax American pork, soybeans, automobiles, and other products. Uh, China's Ministry of Commerce issued a statement that the, uh, quote, U.S. has launched the biggest trade war in economic history so far. Uh, Trump has threatened an additional $16 billion in tariffs on Chinese products. It says he's considering escalating tariffs on as much as $450 billion worth of Chinese goods. Uh, again, I'm seeing different ways of looking at this. Um, so if you want to be on the critical side, Trump is harming the American economy by imposing taxes that will cost American jobs and consumers. Uh, already, companies like GM, Caterpillar, and John Deere are now facing a 25% cost increase on parts imported from China. That's a cost that's going to have to be managed by these companies somehow, meaning things like layoffs, increases uh, in prices for consumers uh, could be on the horizon. If you want to give a little bit of faith to trump uh people who are more on the pro side of this say things like trump is pressuring china to treat the u.s more fairly the goal here is is temporary pain in pursuit of a fairer long-term deal um, tariffs are not an end but a means if you want to look at it that way um my own perspective i used to be a lot more on the protectionist side of this uh previously uh, I now have a, a more free market perspective on these issues. I think increased costs for American businesses, short term, long term, 
whatever. It means increased costs for American consumers. I hope Trump is working in the short term here, and this is something that's going to be over quickly. But analysts I've seen don't see how this is going to end, like how far this will go. It's sort of uncertain. I don't think providing, giving uh, American businesses uncertainty is helpful either, even if it's a short term thing. So uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of this. But what do you think? Well, I mean, I kind of take the position that I, tr free trade is good. It's beneficial to consumers. It's beneficial to manufacturers in a lot of way. I'm talking about the actual uh, organizations themselves. Uh, so I, I'm very pro free trade ex with the perhaps exception of things like steel. And I do understand mm. that, uh, you know, for wartime possibilities, having a strong established steel industry is possible. So when it comes to something specifically like steel or, or something like oil reserves, there are, there are national security things to, to take in mind, not just straight up economics. But in terms of what Trump is doing right now in the whole trade war, I think I think it's fair to say that there was a trade war long before Trump and it wasn't the U.S. that started it. Right. China mm. has long done things like tariff American goods and do things like currency manipulations to to make their products cheaper because of the exchange rate. I mean, mm. China, that, that's kind of like the, the, the playbook they use. So I think if Trump is using these tariffs as a temporary way, a temporary negotiating tool in order to try and get China to lower their trade barriers against American products, that is one thing and maybe it will work. I think it's a very different thing if this is just now the status quo where we're just raising tariffs up for yeah. everybody. Yeah, and that's I'm the hoping, hope. I'm hoping it's just it's just temporary and that at the end of it, everyone will emerge with fewer tariffs and fewer trade barriers. Yep. Yep. That's the hope. And if, and if he ends up pulling that off more power to him and I will, I will, uh, I'll be there applauding with everybody else. Maybe this is just 40 chess. Who knows? It, you, you can never discount it, man. Right. He'll prove you wrong. If you do, uh, Mike Pompeo, secretary of state, Mike Pompeo is, is, uh, he did a, a trip to North Korea, more, uh, denuclearization talks. Uh, and, and Mike Pompeo had called these uh, meetings productive and, and didn't have uh, bad things to say about them. But then North Korean officials released a statement calling the U.S. stance regrettable, gangster-like, and cancerous. Uh, the, the statement said, quote, the U.S. side came up only with its unilateral and gangster-like demand for denuclearization. Um, different analysts have different reactions to this it's unclear if the statement is is um or has implications about the health of the negotiations uh, or if it's just a north korean negotiation tactic some analysts are saying it's just typical north korea trying to sort of be reactionary and apply pressure and all that but um we'll have to see i i don't uh, north korea has said a lot of crazy stuff and then ultimately ended up back at the table so I, i'm not too worried about this but you know ho hopefully the talks aren't falling apart or something like that I feel like North Korea is just that bipolar ex-girlfriend who's kind of like hot and cold. Like, I mean, I feel like sure. every time I open up my news feed, there's a different story of how things are going with Trump and North Korea. Like oh, one day Trump is uh, going on vacation with Kim Jong-un to Hawaii together uh, to a singles retreat. The next day it's World War Three is happening. So I, I really I, I have trouble keeping up with these stories like this because I feel like there's just so much chatter going on. I mean, first, North Korea, um, they, they did cancel or at least postpone or something their annual anti-american day or something which i thought was i a didn't really... know they had that that's no they did me. end up having it it's a it's a party in north korea you say an anti-american party yeah okay so i i don't know I, i'm hoping that this is all just part of the slow and steady eventual process toward denuclearization and i mean heck even even if there's like a minor setback i'm still hopeful that because we're actually getting to the point where there are these actual talks happening that there, there's got to be real substantial progress made sooner or later. I'm hoping. Sure.
And then, of course, everybody's waiting for tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern when Trump is going to announce his Supreme Court pick. Uh, reports are that Trump has narrowed his candidates to Brett Kavanaugh, who's an appeals court judge in D.C., Raymond Kethledge, uh, Sixth Circuit appeals court judge, uh, and Amy Barrett, a Seventh Circuit appeals court judge. Uh, Trump appointed to that post last year. Other reports do include Thomas Hardiman, who was the runner-up to um, to to Justice Gorsuch last time around, Third Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, analysts I've seen believe that Trump's two finalists are Kavanaugh and Barrett. Uh, there was an interesting a piece of speculation um, about Orrin Hatch's opinion piece in, um, what is the, I don't even know what this publication is. Anyway, Orrin Hatch wrote a, an opinion piece this week in which he was writing about what he hopes to find in a justice. And he used female pronouns. Mm-hmm. So not what she wants it to be. There were hers throughout this. People interpreting, since, since Amy Barrett is the only uh, female you know. in, in, the, in the running at this point, at least most people believe, people are taking this as a clue that Amy Baird is the pick. I actually think it's just Orrin Hatch being politically correct. I had a professor who wrote like this uh, back when I was in school just to, you know, to give respect to the women, as you would say. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm a, uh, sorry, I'm a go, huge go Barrett fan. I, I mm. think that would be great. And I mean, I know a lot of conservatives race, they're not, they're lukewarm on Kavanaugh, but Hey, maybe that would be something that would be, might make him a little bit more likely to be actually appointed. But I, I don't know when it comes to Orrin Hatch. Like I've actually been in the room and heard him speak. He's he's terrifically old. I, I don't know how much yeah. we can put on anything toward that. I, I I don't think this is a dead ringer either way. If a if he knew about it, I don't think he would be writing something that would be such. Yeah, a I have, I have a hard way. time believing that he knows. And then yeah, I, I also have a hard time yeah. believing that he would be. I mean, he's old as you say, but I don't think he's so senile as to tip it off in, in what appears to be a fairly obvious way. So I, I actually don't put too much stock in that. But I don't want to speculate about this too much because, one, I will be wrong no matter what I say. And yeah, he's two, announcing it tomorrow, anyway. Yeah, so. like by the time half the audience listens to this, we're gonna know. So yeah. we'll we'll leave it be. Anyway, all of this is the setting, kind of Trump's policy week or, or real news story week that sets up his visit to Great Falls, Montana on Thursday. And he's here stumping for Republican Senate, Senate candidate Matt Rosendale, who's running against incumbent Democrat John Tester. It's going to be a tight race, and it's got big implications for Senate control in the fall. So Trump actually spoke for like an hour and 12 minutes, which is a little longer than uh, than is usual for him. He spoke about the North Korean negotiations. He spoke about jobs in the economy. He spoke about testers' shortfalls, like um, voting against tax reform, which was something. As a previous tester voter in my old life, voting against tax reform was a big bummer to me. Uh, voting against Justice Gorsuch's confirmation, as Trump spoke to, was a big bummer for me because it wasn't about Gorsuch. It was just about, as far as he explained, it was just about you know, political, political considerations and solidarity with Democratic establishment in D.C. And I didn't, I didn't yeah. like that. Uh, so Trump actually did talk about a lot of really substantive things. But of course, he got his zingers in against specifically Maxine Waters and Elizabeth Warren. And those get all the media attention. And it's the, these these rallies are still fun to watch because they're basically like entertainment roast pieces or comedy pieces. They're not like. It's 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 not like a candidate proposing policy ideas. Right, and it's or not something. it's not like a state of the union. It's almost like he's yeah. in constant election mode, and th- these are constant campaign rallies. Yeah. So I I've cut up just a just some 
uh, brief highlights of what he had to say. Most, uh, again, there's plenty of substance, but because the media are fixated on Maxine Waters and uh, Elizabeth Warren, we'll, we'll hear what he had to say on those issues and then look at some of the media reaction to it. I said it the other day, yes, she is a low IQ individual, Maxine Waters. I said it the other day. Honestly, she's somewhere in the mid-60s, I believe. He will be impeached. I will impeach him. Even the Democrats are saying, how are you saying that? They don't want to use that word because it gets the Republicans out the vote. Especially since he's done nothing wrong. That helps also, right? They're going to cover Pocahontas? She of the great tribal heritage. What tribe is it? Uh, let me think about that one. Pocahontas. They always want me to apologize for saying it. Pocahontas, I apologize to you. To you, I apologize. To the, to the fake Pocahontas, I won't apologize. Let's say I'm debating Pocahontas, right? I will take, you know those little kits they sell on television for $2? Learn your heritage. I'm going to get one of those little kits. And in the middle of the debate, when she proclaims that she's of Indian heritage because her mother said she has high cheekbones, that's her only evidence that her mother said she had high cheekbones, we will take that little kit and say, but we have to do it gently because we're in the Me Too generation, so we have to be very gentle. And we will very gently take that kit and we will slowly toss it, hoping it doesn't hit her and injure her arm. I will give you a million dollars to your favorite charity, paid for by Trump, if you take the test and it shows you're an Indian. You know, those hats, those beautiful, beautiful hats make America great again. Soon to be changed to keep America great. Bing, boom, right. Keep America great. Thank you, Montana. Thank you. There's no reason I included that other than just a love of that bing, boop. Because before, when he revealed that, when he announced his his campaign motto for next time around, he said, we're going to change it to keep America great, exclamation point. And he said it like that. But this time in Montana, we got the bing, boop. I like that. It's it's more friendly. It's more approachable. It's edgy. It's young. I like it. It's energetic. Yeah. I mean, he's for as old as a guy as he is he knows how to work a crowd and he he's got a lot of energy um of course media did not take kindly to a few things one low iq maxine and her apparently mid-60s uh iq two challenging elizabeth warren to take a dna test about her heritage talking about throwing it at her yes right and then three this is what surprised me and i'll play it in a second here I turn on the news on Friday morning and I usually watch NBC's Today Show um, and the lead story was Trump mocks Me Too. It's like he made one very brief Me Too reference in an hour-long speech and that's point one is he mocked the unmockable, the sacred cow that is Me Too. And technically the joke was about making sure it doesn't even look like you're harassing a woman. So yeah. some might say he's advocating for anti-sexual harassment policies. Right. There's there's an interpretation that it wasn't even a joke, that he's actually behaving in the way that this movement suggests we all should. But I got uh, some clips from that and some clips from some CNN panels, because of course we know what the real problem is here. It's that this is all very racist, 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 racist. If we just call this racist enough, Trump's going down. Uh, well, at least the Republicans are going down in 2018, and Trump's going down in 2020. So here's um, here's uh, some of the news coverage. This from the Today Show first. Mocking me too. President Trump sounds story off number one. A late night rally. In the we have to do it gently because we're in the Me Too generation, so we have to be very gentle. 
taking Senator Elizabeth Warren to task over her Native American heritage claims. But just how about this Maxine Waters stuff over and over again, low IQ? How racist is that? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, let's just be honest about this. How many black people does the president have to attack in these terms? I mean, come on, is it a coincidence that he calls a senior black legislator low IQ? I mean, it's revolting. We just start now, in Trump's defense, he has called a multiracial diversity rainbow of people low IQ. But the implications of what, what Tubin is saying there, can you not can you not call a black person stupid? Like, is that is that inherently racist? I don't think the thing is, I don't think it's inherently racist, especially. I mean, it's not like he's calling. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a someone who's friendly with Trump, who's also African-American and is also a, I mean, no one, if someone were to call Ben Carson low IQ, mm -hmm. I mean, A, that wouldn't make sense because he's not, but I, you, you might assume that it's so far out of left field. Hey, where's that coming from? Maybe there's an ulterior motive, but even if you're on the left, even if you support Maxine Waters, I'm, you, you know, this isn't coming out of nowhere when he says that, right? I mean, Maxine Waters, whether you support her policies or not, she's not a, I mean, she's not a professional orator or anything like that. If you listen to that, she's the one who said that like the YouTube was trying to kill her or something like yes. that. Yes, I think that I think you and I talked about that. You might have been on the yes. show that I week. Think, I was, think I was. So I the mean, people you can, on the YouTube and the Brett Bart—they coming to kill me. What are you yeah, going to do? Can, yeah, you can say Trump is being uh, mean and insensitive. Uh, I think calling someone low IQ when they're working next to you in a professional matter probably. Probably not a good idea, but it's not inherently yeah. racist just because she's black. Well, it is racist, and we know that because there was another CNN panel telling us how racist it was. But the other part of this panel I enjoy is I, I don't I, I forget who the female commentator is here, but we know what Trump's doing. It's because he's scurred. It's because he's a big scurdy cat of the left candidates. Scurred. Yeah, the big lefty candidates. That's uh, that's me trying to be hip, by the way, using that term. Anyway, the uh, the lefty candidates intimidate him. The, he, he's afraid of them. That's why he's talking about them. He's got big worry for 2020. This is so. This is an additional CNN panel here. Start with those Me Too comments. What's remarkable is that the president is is honestly showing he still doesn't understand what the Me Too movement is about. Joking about DNA tests when legitimately they are being used to figure out who children are that have been separated under his own policies from their parents at the border. Also, these calls for proof talking about Pocahontas again. It's impossible to miss the racist nativist undertones there. It shows mm. also that he's worried about the left and what's happening on the left and the movement there. So it shows kind of who they're looking to oppose, I think, in 2020. Why does he constantly pick these personal cultural fights, many, many of them racially uh, themed uh, with racial coding and signaling? And the reason is because that is the message. Uh, you know, this is not a bug. This is a feature. He believes it is in his interest to be in a constant succession of conflicts, many of them, as I said, racially themed, because he believes it signals to his voters that he will fight for them. Okay. Very okay. racist. Well, what I want to point out is, okay, Elizabeth Warren is someone who, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, there's, you know, there's Native American heritage in, in my, my history, you know, down my family line. I think a lot of people in the U.S., uh, they're, they're, family histories passed down by word of mouth, they probably may think they have a little bit of Native American. And sure. if they're wrong about that, I don't think that that's necessarily a malicious thing, right? So that's not, I, I wouldn't blame someone for that. I wouldn't attack someone for that. But the thing with Elizabeth Warren is not only has she claimed Native American 
imperatives. Like, oh yeah, no, she's actually used it as a way to get affirmative action benefits, right? She's exactly, applied to things yeah. as a woman of color. She's done things like write Native American cookbook recipes. Uh, that I forgot ha- like, about that. She wrote a book, didn't she? She did. She yeah. did, or at least she at least contributed to it. And it's just yeah. oh yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Way above and beyond. Oh yeah, I think I think I had a great great parent grandparent or something who was Native. Like yeah. that's an interesting anecdote. Anecdote versus using the system and manipulating it in such a way that you get benefits that some people don't even agree should apply to anybody, but that you definitely do do not deserve. So that's a whole different thing. And to me, pretending to be Native American to reap the benefits meant for Native American people and appropriating their culture, which I'm not actually part of, to me, that's way more racist than calling someone who's pretending to be Native American Pocahontas. That's the problem is like maybe you have... I, maybe you have a problem with both, but it does seem right. to me crazy to say it's on the one side saying I got to protect my Native Americans from racism. Well, I don't. Trump is not disparaging Native Americans with comedy. He's disparaging Elizabeth Warren for something right. that she's and done. I think the allegedly, joke is that she's not Native American. Right. Not and if you make fun of someone who is and if you care about protecting that particular racial group, as you said, it seems to me you'd want some clear answers on the Elizabeth Warren issue. One thing about this analysis, too, that bugged me is and Elizabeth. Elizabeth Warren said this in her, t- her tweet response. She goes, oh, look at Trump joking about DNA tests when DNA tests are being administered to children on the border. Oh, that that that's ironic. That big hypocrite or whatever. It's like he's pro DNA test in both instances. It's totally consistent. DNA yeah. test Elizabeth Warren, DNA test those kids. But by the way, the reason those kids are being DNA tested at the border is not some like inhumane punishment. For it's child like child trafficking. Right. We don't know who these kids are. We got to figure it out for their own safety. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something like, cause I, I'm, you know, I, I kind of believe that, Hey, fine. If, if, if there's a way to keep people, we know our families together while they're awaiting deportation or awaiting a hearing, fine, let's do that. But we can't ignore the fact that there are tons of traffickers that are bringing over kids that aren't theirs. So to me, the DNA testing seems like a really great compromise to, okay, let's try and find a way to keep families together, but also protect children from traffickers. So I don't understand why anybody would be mad about that. Like, how dare you want to verify children's parents are actually the ones who are with them and not predators? What? We've spoken quite a bit on this show about the, the, the child separation issue. And it's something that um, I understand at a gut level, but when you actually look at why these things are happening, I just don't understand this controversy at all. It's like, if you are breaking the law, you are going to be prosecuted and go to jail, at which point you're going to be separated from your kids. Like you go to jail, you're separated from your kids. Can't put the kids in jail. Right. Maybe and there's think- some... I think the comparisons to concentration camps are just absolutely ridiculous, regardless of whether you agree with the policy or not. I personally, uh, I think the onus is on the people who are actually breaking the laws and coming over illegally. That's what drove me nuts about this story, too. You're exactly right. Like, maybe, obviously, we want things to be as humane as possible at the border. Can we at least put a little bit of responsibility on the people breaking the law, though? At least some. It's not like ICE is going into people's homes in South and Central America and just rounding people up and then bringing them forcibly to these camps across the border. Like, that's not what's happening. Yeah. Uh, Last point I had on this. Nobody's afraid of the left. Like you have to understand Trump's Trump's shtick here on his can his 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 rally stops like this. It's a comedy bit. It's a roast. Like it is not fear based. It's like oh, I need some I need some people to roast because the audience eats it up. It, I, if you think Trump is afraid of Maxine Waters or Elizabeth Warren, and I actually do believe Elizabeth Warren will be the Democratic nominee. That's my official pick. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think I think it's probably the most likely. 
Um, maybe like Biden runs, but at the end of the day, I think they're going to try to take the intersectional route again, and they're going to try to nominate a woman, or they're going to try to. They're not going to put up a white guy. I just don't think that. That's what Hillary's problem was. She wasn't woman enough. Maybe, oh. maybe we need uh, Grandma Elizabeth Warren. The only thing that that makes me doubt a little bit is she's she's on the elderly side. So, mm. but I mean, I think. The thing with Elizabeth Warren is that the people who vote for her, they actually really support her. And that's why as, mm. as passionate as I am about the fact that she's not Native American, what we saw from the first time she was running is that the people who support her don't care about that. So I think yeah. like it's kind of useless for Trump to keep bringing it up as people have already, voters have already proven that if they like her policies, they apparently don't care about that. So I don't mm. know why he thinks it'll be more effective now than it was in the past. Oh boy. We got, uh, before we move into the next, um, the next topic, we got a lot of super chats to get through if you're ready for a break. Yes. Ooh, uh, okay. So and I saw St- Blonde was in the tra- tra- chat earlier. <laughs> what uh, is she plane, doing? Apparently. She, I don't oh, know if she, she okay. sprung for that expensive plane Wi-Fi, but if she did. I'm surprised it's good enough blonde. to even stream the show. The one time, the few times I've had the plane Wi-Fi, it's total garbage and you can't do like video streaming and stuff. Oh, like I'm that. too cheap to ever get that. It's only like 10 bucks. That's a lot of money. Like for... <laughs> For a few hours. Are you serious? Yeah. No, I'd well, rather die. Okay. Your choice. <laughs> On principle. Uh, Steel and Soul says, just got back from a 12-hour drive from Kentucky, already arguing with a progressive regressive and still uh, and, uh, and still in time to listen to my favorite podcast duo. The ice protest was something special, wasn't it? We'll get to that in just a moment. Can't wait to watch the footage of some of this stuff. Uh, JV Dude says a big congrats to blonde uh on her wedding matt i'm going through withdrawal since you didn't upload a video this week but it's okay roman got me through it uh keep up the good work both of you well good i'm glad you you. got him got him through uh and and it was great to to have a a vacation time uh, some vacation time this week so thanks for everybody's patience with that uh marty bear says i've been uh, a longtime fan usually listen to you guys monday morning i'm off on vacation tomorrow so i get to stay up and listen happy marriage blonde well thank you uh, Raynor Chen. Hey guys, I'm back. Uh, blonde, you were <laughs> blonde. You were less Asian before I left. What happened? Uh, notes behind the bar roaming. I was saddened to hear that you got engaged as I am newly single. Bummer, bummer for notes behind the bar. Uh, and congratulations on your engagement. Thank I wasn't, you. I wasn't sure if that was public or not, so I didn't want to say anything. Well, it's, I mean, I've had my ring on in videos for a while, but like we yeah. didn't make a post or anything about it. Um, cause yeah. like we both agreed, like, like we're, meh. so we, so we didn't do it, but it's not like, it's never been a secret, but I guess I haven't, you know, addressed it. So yes. Looks like I'll just have to keep making love to Matt. Oh, well, thank you. JK, <laughs> incredibly happy, uh, for both of you and good to see you on the stream. Well, thanks. Uh, Patrick roaming, uh, trying not to look super villainy. She does know she is filling in, filling in for blonde. Exactly. Fear of blonde. Uh, this is a good one from quantum football. What is the epitome of Michael Schlecht's Yarmulk? Uh, only true fans will get that one. Uh, those are all words. If you're unaware that have been hilariously mispronounced, so what is the epitome of Michael Schleck's yamaka? Uh. But but uh, I famously read epitome epitome once, and Blonde famously read yamaka as yarmulk. See, I never shame people who mis- mispronounce words because that means that they've heard the word from reading, and I want to encourage yeah. people to read. So I I don't think that's a bad thing. That means you're you're you know you're branching your vocabulary out in different ways that happen to not be audio based. Also, hmm. I do it all the time. So there's that. 
Rogue Savage says, Hey, Romy, did you watch Liberty Bell's rebuttal on your anti-libertarian rant? It's uh, it's worth your time if you haven't. When I ran uh, Libertarian this year, my entire platform was pro-2A and fiscal responsibility. Still love you, though. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I saw the philo- philosophers thing. Mm. And I think what, what was frustrating me is that a lot of libertarians who um, saw the video, they I released a like uh, like one and a half cl- minute clip of my problem with libertarian segment, which was like a four-ish minute segment and i had all these libertarians telling me that um like i was an authoritarian and so i think it's it's a hard thing to talk about because on on policy issues i agree with libertarians i agree with libertarian principles um so my problem isn't with libertarian principles which i very much strongly i guess subscribe to i'm small government i mean i'm not i'm not like anarcho-capitalist or anything and i Mm -hmm. believe in borders so that might alienate some libertarians but with the libertarian movement i think they're going to lose the cultural war when it comes to actually living in a moral society because the I've, I've spoken with a lot of libertarians and I think I feel like it's not Liberty Bell or maybe I'm thinking of someone else. There's a Liberty Doll. I'm not sure if that was like sure. one of us I, is I, making a mistake. With I didn't that, see that, but I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with Liberty know, Doll, but I hadn't whole, seen her make anything like that, so I don't know. Yeah, so there's a whole um, standpoint where it's like, oh, who am I to tell someone what to do? And it's like. I, there are social issues that need debating. There are more beneficial and less beneficial ways to live our life. And I don't think we need state intervention to dictate that. But hmm. that conversation should be happening. And I wish more libertarians would jump on, on the board of like having these discussions with conservatives and standing up for you know Judeo-Christian values and accept the fact that, hey, we everything you do affects someone, whether whether it's uh, you know, economically, socially, friends and family and stuff. I just think the NAP, I, you know, I, I go even further than libertarians. I think the NAP applies to principle, like situations that even libertarians might not recognize that it does. Hmm. Well, that is a very thorough answer for Rogue Savage. We're gonna have to charge him some more, I think. <laughs> he, got, he got more than his money's worth. Thank you, Rogue Savage. We appreciate it. Joshy Boy uh, says, here's your biweekly allowance from me, Matt. Roaming is looking pretty golden despite not having blonde hair. Great show. Well, thanks for for supporting and tuning in. David Harkins, uh, so with Mexico going socialist and socialist-loving leftists believing in no borders, where's the mass uh, illegal immigration to Mexico? Go leftists, go. Hey, you may be onto something there, I would say. Uh, Travis Valle, Matt, replacing blonde with a white replacing blonde white girl with an ethnically ambiguous minority. What's next in all female beauty in the beta PC culture run amok. Shame. <laughs> Just kidding. Love your work. Roaming PS live stream is blurry. Uh, might be a YouTube uh, connect or a connection issue. Should be, should be good on our end. At least my, I can hear and see you perfectly, but I don't, I don't know about hmm. what they're seeing. I, I, I got it all monitored. So I don't know. I, maybe the chat's complaining, but it should be in good shape. Uh, the dashing rogue. Uh, geez. So, welcome to our chat. Uh, sorry. This is, this is mean. I don't know. I don't know if this is in jest or if this is sorry. Your cuck boyfriend is engaged to you. Roaming just means men like myself have to work a bit harder. Hashtag. Sorry. Not sorry. I don't know if that's sincere or not. I'm going to go with tough love or something. Okay. I'm not going to make a, my boyfriend could beat you up rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it alone. Can- uh, attack alpaca roaming. Now that you and Blair are engaged, what are the chances of a, do- uh, Oh, that's right. Blair white is also engaged. Oh, for I a thought- second. I was thinking like, I'm not, in- I'm not engaged to Blair, but yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's where my went to different people. That's right. Now that you and Blair are engaged, what are the chances of a double wedding? 
Well, I've already promised my Catholic fiance that I'm I'm evangelical, but I've already promised that I would do a Catholic wedding. So if Blair and Joey are down for a Catholic wedding, <laughs> mm. let's make it happen. Ashar <laughs> says, it's your boy Shar again. Not sure who's reading these. Therefore, resume the pronunciation guide. Roaming, we should uh, start a podcast together. You could call it Vivacious and the Villain. Too weird? <laughs> oh, I like that title, though. Vivacious yeah. and the Villain. Uh, Redicus, this may be unpopular, but if the tariffs are a means to eliminate the CCP and get a true democracy, I could be swayed on tariffs. Also, no mention of the Rocketman CD. I, I forgot about this. I heard there was like some exchange of a Rocketman CD or something. There was something to do with the Rocketman CD in the North Korea story. My apologies, uh, my apologies for not being familiar. Um, but yes, I agree that if the tariffs are a means rather than an end, hopefully there's a good outcome uh, there. Let's do, let's do uh, one more for right now, and then we'll, we'll return to these later. Uh, Neo Unrealist said, do you think uh, Kino Hernandez stealing a 16-year-old's MAGA hat and throwing soda in his face in San Antonio Whataburger shows an escalation of Maxine Waters' harass uh, Trump, Trump officials in public doctrine? I have only heard and seen this story a little bit, so my understanding is old, old guy sees a teenager wearing a MAGA hat, throws a drink in his face, and steals the hat or something like that, but lightly assaults him. Right. And I mean, since that happened, there was also apparently a witness who reported that the teens were uh, the teen was talking about things like deporting black people or Mexican people that he hates black people and stuff like that. Uh, But then that witness, according to the paper, was later uh, her version of events was later recounted because they didn't think that she was credible enough or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, In any case, I wouldn't blame this specifically on Maxine Waters. I think Maxine Waters is just part of a larger conversation. But when whenever I've mentioned that we should keep things civil and not resort to harassment and stuff, I'm surprised about how many people on the left and the right say that, no, this is like, we're at the point now where we need to get serious and stuff like that. And it's actually, it's it's scary how many people well, are at the point where they, they think we can just go around uh, harassing people physically. Blonde and I talk about these issues all the time, and I don't want to mischaracterize her as being pro-harassment, because I don't think we talked about the uh, the other side of the Maxine Waters issue specifically, that we did talk about Maxine, but we frequently talk about the conflict between my desire to maintain my principles, right? To uphold standards of civility in this case, or, or uphold standards that I want to instill in the world that I believe are good versus her desire to win, like mm-hmm. win, winning the outcome of winning basically by any means necessary is, is what we should be working towards, especially against an enemy that she views as very culturally threatening. So it's, there's a lot of interesting talkers on that. Yeah. Front. And you know, what's so weird about this. It's like, I, I'm not, I'm, be, I'm becoming, I feel like I, I'm staying very politically. Um, I like to think calm and uh, composed, but seeing everyone else lose their mind, it's making me more of a, like, understand the importance of like missionary work and Christian proselytizing, because I just feel like if, if people were just happy and in peace with themselves, we wouldn't have all these political issues. So yeah. it's just, it, it makes me sad to see everybody so upset all the time. And I, I mean, to me, like there's no point in winning if we just become like the, the left ourselves, right? Yeah. If you become what you're trying to defeat. Yeah. Right. Like why is that better in that yeah. case? Um, let's talk ice protests. Let's keep it moving along here. So we, we've mentioned this a little bit earlier, but the thing about the ice protests, because this is, we've got more and more democratic politicians coming out with the position abolish ice. We've got more and more abolish ice protests happening. I have a hard time interpreting what they mean, though. I think I know what they mean, I guess anyway, um, because I don't, do they mean 
two different ways to interpret it or maybe multiple, but do they mean, I don't like the way immigration law is enforced by ICE. I would like to restructure the agency that enforces immigration law at the federal level. Or do they mean no borders? Let's just not do borders. And I, I think, think they mean no borders. I think they well, mean just no immigration enforcement. Right. I mean, because you have people like Cynthia Nixon, um, Alexandria Cortez, uh, her name, I can never. Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, there are people like that who absolutely, when they say abolish ICE, they're just like, open borders. Let's just let everybody in. We'll have a party. Yeah. Um, and I think there are a few people out there who are a little bit more reasonable and they look at ICE as, you know what, fair enough. It is a fairly new institution and agency, right? They, they didn't always right. exist, especially if you look at like pre 9-11. So there are ways of handling immigration enforcement without specifically that agency. I would be open to looking at, uh, you know, making sure that there's transparency, that there's rule of law and there's, there, you know, ICE agents are monitored, making sure that everything is up and above the board and stuff. But if you're advocating for open borders, you're you're never going to win a general election. That's not yeah. what people want. And that's, I'm sorry, but that literally defeats the purpose of a country. Yeah. Like actually, and, the, the political definition of a country you can't have with open borders. And if you use tactics that just piss everybody off, right. <laughs> you're, you're going to be self-defeating in that regard too. So on the 4th of July, this Staten Island personal trainer named Therese or Teresa or Teresa, something like that, Patricia Okumo, 44, uh, protested, uh, she's 44 years old, protested uh, ICE by climbing up the statue uh, the Statue of Liberty's copper base and refusing to come down. Okumu was born and educated in the Democratic Republic of Congo, but she's lived in New York for the last 10 years. Um, the, her, her stunt here temporarily shut down the Statue of Liberty Island and caused the evacuation of some 4,000 guests. Again, on the 4th of July, everyone planning their vacation or their you know, their fun time at the Statue of Liberty gets ruined by this lady. The entire standoff was three and a half hours beginning at about 3 p.m. She was at Liberty Island with the protest group Rise and Resist. The group had a banner that read Abolish Ice. Uh, the move um, uh, the move to actually climb the statue was not endorsed by the group. The Rise and Resist group disavowed her stunt and said no one in the group knew that she was going to do this. Uh, said one group member, we didn't know if she did it. On, we don't know if she did it on the spur of the moment or if she had been planning it beforehand, but we as group did not plan this. Uh, the National Park Service is reviewing footage to figure out how she got up there. It's not immediately known. NYPD eventually cornered her and arrested her. She's now charged with trespass and disorderly conduct. She has had some legal troubles in the past. In 2011, she had uh, 60 violations for illegally posting ads for her personal trainer services, flyers um, placed all over utility poles. It was $4,500 in fines. And then last year, 2017, she was arrested and charged with obstructing governmental administration, unlawful assembly and trespass during a demonstration at the Department of Labor. She covered her mouth with tape and refused to respond to police demands. So I do have a brief clip of what this all looked like at the Statue of Liberty. On the 4th of July. Was charging her with trespassing and disorderly conduct for climbing the Statue of Liberty, forcing thousands to evacuate on one of its busiest days of the year. Tonight, federal charges for the woman at the center of this dramatic 4th of July takedown. 44-year-old Patricia Akumu climbing the Statue of Liberty, toying with police for nearly four hours. Officers finally securing her using a safety harness, ropes, and a ladder to take her into custody. Akumu was part of a group protesting President Trump's immigration policy, but says she made a spur-of-the-moment decision to climb the iconic statue. 
When they go low, we go high, and I went as high as I could. Oh, such bravery. But prosecutors say her actions put lives in danger. The NYPD diverting resources. Authorities forced to evacuate thousands of frustrated tourists. We planned it and everything on the 4th of July on purpose, so I'm very upset. Makumu actually thanked the U.S. Park police officers involved in her arrest. She's pleaded not guilty to the multiple charges against her. Hmm. I mean, this is an example of even whether I agree with your point or not, you ruined the holiday for thousands of people. Like, I hate you. Yeah, I feel like if you're, if you're protesting in such a way where you ruin the day of, like, what is it, 4,000 people, you're yeah. not going to emerge a winner. And just from, I feel like things like national days, it's just, it's, it's not a good time to protest against policies if you really do love the country. Yeah, exactly. Can't we just have one damn right. day? One day where, like, where we talk about how yeah. much we appreciate America. And you know what? Um, Canada had its national day, July 1st, uh, just before the 4th of July. And I have a lot of problems with Trudeau. But as hmm. you know, if you're Canadian on that day, I feel like you you say why you're thankful. That's what it's for. Yeah. And th you know, day before, day after, we can go back to complaining about everything we don't like about it. But regardless of how you feel about this president, these policies, you should, should still be grateful that you're in the U S instead of literally the Congo. So I, think yeah, I just... hate, um, I really hate questioning others, patriotism or love of country or good intentions toward one's country, but stunts like this make it harder and harder to say, yeah, that's a person who's, who's pro America. That's a person who wants to see the country succeed. I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, just, I really I don't. don't. I don't like to see holidays like the 4th of July politicized. Yeah. I just, it, it, I or things like Christmas for that matter. And I think when, when people do do that, the majority of people like outsiders looking in, they don't see that as a positive thing. Yeah. So protests also occurred this week in Philadelphia and these got crazy. So it was some 75 people going to an ICE office in Philadelphia, uh, trying to obstruct ICE business, basically. They're demanding the abolishment of ICE and more action from Philadelphia to be a true sanctuary city. Uh, they, they, As I said, they were obstructing ICE's um, vehicles and other things. Police gave them a bunch of warnings to stop doing that. They did not obey, so there were 29 arrests. Uh, people were given failure to disperse citations. There was only one person who went to the hospital with minor scrapes and bruises, so all things considered, even though we will see some you know, lightly violent scuffles with police here. Nobody really got hurt. Um, but this is the scene. This is what it looked like in Philadelphia uh, this week. I think on Tuesday this happened. We are Protest. Forewarning, there's a lot of singing uh, at this protest, which just makes it delightful, of course. Protesters have been outside the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Office in Center City. We are here. Non-stop since yesterday. I think this is a really unique time in American politics right now. One in which the possibility of actual, radical, necessary immigration reform that has been delayed for far too long is actually seemingly within the Overton window of public opinion. The message from protesters that ICE as an agency needs to be abolished and that Philadelphia needs to do more to be a true sanctuary city was being made and received peacefully until hour 16. Philadelphia police and Department of Homeland Security officers began telling protesters they could no longer block ICE's garage door. Protesters wouldn't budge and began locking arms in front of the doors to continue the effort to stop any agency vehicle 
vehicles from transporting undocumented immigrants. After three warnings, police began making arrests, and as one arrest was being made, some protesters began to sing. We are fighting for children. We shall not be moved. And then this happened. Then they got moved right after that. The arrest of 29 people, and it was just the beginning of a tense hour between protesters and authorities here. Hmm. Um, can I just point out the obvious irony? They don't like borders, uh, they don't like walls, so they're going to build a wall to enforce their border to stop ICE from enforcing the country's borders. Yes. That's what we're dealing with here in Philadelphia. Yeah, and can I just like this isn't a comment on you know their their um, I guess like physical features, but oh, please do, please do. Those pro like is it just me or do they all look like stereotypical smelly hippies? Like <laughs> that's I think that's putting it kindly. I don't I don't know like it I I can smell them from the screen. I can looking at them assume what they smell like and it's not. In pleasant. fairness, I think that uh, the little weather indicator in the bottom of the screen said like ninety five degrees. I know the East Coast was uh, the whole Eastern U.S. was super hot last week. It probably was where you live too. It was crazy. Oh yeah, hot. it was it was boiling. It was like yeah. uh, with the humidity it was forty degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in made up degrees, but uh, uh, it's hot. <laughs> made up degrees. Let's find out in the interest of science. Forty degrees. Uh, well, yeah, over a hundred degrees. Yeah, but with yeah. with the hum- like that's including like the humidex and stuff. So oh yeah, so it feels like temperature. Yeah, right? exactly. All right. Uh, so uh, again, I, I, <laughs> more people, more people just wanting no borders. We're just going to stop the enforcement of of uh, immigration law. Uh, okay, okay, that, crazies. That's what's so frustrating because I mean, like that uh, that Asian guy that was talking um, mm-hmm. about you know we're finally getting meaningful immigration reform. Both sides want immigration reform. There's nobody that I can think of that looks at the current system and thinks it's working great. Let's let's more of this, right? I mean, both, for better for better or worse, whether that's you want more of it or you want more uh, less and skills based, everybody wants some sort of change. But the fact that it seems like the far left have, have doubled down on no borders, no compromise, we can't even have ice, like everybody come in, like they're the ones who at this point are going to make actual reform harder, right? If they're yeah. going to be obstinate and ha- like put their foot down and say, it's this or the highway, it's this or you're a Nazi. That's and actually getting in the way of change. He himself described it as radical change that's long overdue. Good luck, man. Yeah. Uh, th- this week, this story, I thought it was from this week. It's not, but it resurfaced this week. Some people found this story, reposted it to YouTube, so it's gaining a lot of traction this week. I can't believe this one. It's the one I talked about at the top of the show. So it actually occurred in August, uh, but it, but um, but as I said, it's come back this week uh, through YouTube and other social media. This is a story from August in Oakland, California. Federal agents served a search warrant on a Guatemalan immigrant family home. Uh, in connection with an investigation of sex trafficking of juveniles. As ICE officers were breaking up the child prostitution operation, they were being protested by their leftist neighbors, or the Guatemalan family's leftist neighbors, who weren't sure what ICE was doing in their neighborhood. They just didn't like it. So in their defense, they were protesting without knowing what was going on originally, but even after the protesters were informed, the raid was about sex trafficking and not necessarily immigration. The ICE bashing continued. This is as reported... um, by the Federalist. So at first the protesters weren't aware of what was happening, but they continued protesting ICE even when they were informed this was a breakup of a child sex ring. This is one of the most cringeworthy news reports I've seen in a long time, this out of Oakland, California. 
We love our neighbors. They also wrote on the ground with chalk saying OPD is a disgrace. They were upset thinking that this was an immigration investigation because Homeland Security was out here. But we just got word from Oakland police that this was, in fact, a federal criminal search warrant executed in connection with human sex trafficking of juveniles right here at the, 20, at the 700 block of 27th Street. One person seen covered in a blanket taken away by law enforcement here in Oakland. Neighbors say this was the second person taken away and they're upset. Hudar Cohen says she woke up to the sounds of a crying baby and law enforcement officers outside this home on the 700 block of 27th Street. I just heard my roommate like racing upstairs and crying and being like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And um, I came out and all of our housemates got together and we came outside and we saw a bunch of cop cars, a bunch of other cars that are um, apparently like ice cars that um, and just so many ICE agents like coming in um, and entering our neighbor's house. Cohen said no one was being told what was going on except ICE agents did confirm with KPIX 5 that special agents with ICE and Homeland Security were executing a federal search warrant as part of an ongoing criminal investigation. It's been really tough because we don't know what's going on in there and um, we know that there's a lot of injustices that are happening and we care for our neighbors and we care for immigration rights and yeah, no person is illegal. No person is illegal, she says. But I love that she just admits, we don't know what's going on in there, but it's presumed injustice. It's presumed right. injustice, so we're out here protesting. I feel like it just, it kind of speaks to the fact that so many people don't know what ICE actually does. People don't know no. yeah, what ICE does, how immigration is supposed to work in the first place, and they're not familiar with the actual problems that come with illegal immigration, things like drug trafficking, human trafficking, and stuff like that. So I think they really do think that ICE is literally entirely about rounding up old grandmothers and just uh, like beating them with sticks or something <laughs> sure. like that from the way well, they talk hey, about it. No person is illegal, she tells us immigration rights and yeah no person is illegal with the issue of immigration heating the up child across sex the nation <laughs> emotions are running high in this neighborhood the rapid response network also arrived they say they're trying to reach out to the family in this home to provide them information on their rights ice is not welcome in this country hsi is not welcome ironic him saying people aren't welcome do. in the country I think it's a blasphemy <laughs> we're really exactly. calling on the community to say that this is not okay that we're going to fight back we're not going to let people just disappear like this again oakland police department confirming this had to do with a federal criminal search warrant that had to do with human sex trafficking of juveniles that's really the oh. information that we have been we just received moments ago oakland police's involvement in all of this was traffic control as requested by homeland security <laughs> can't make it up I, I don't even know what to say. It's just like, it's, I hate, I hate the presumed protest. Like, I don't know what this is about, but I got my sign ready and I'm going to go out and protest. You should probably know what it is before you protest it. You should probably know the injustice you're protesting. Point one, point two, the, the irony that you pointed out of only <laughs> of him saying certain people aren't allowed in the country. Only the people that I want are allowed right. in the country, but you're the bigot. And I also love the virtue signal by that, uh, the woman holding the sign. Oh, we love our neighbors. We care about our neighbors. Apparently, there are child sex traffickers, and you didn't even know. So how, yeah. how close were you to these people, really? Or are you not. just yeah, there exactly. to hold the sign and virtue signal about how much you love your token immigrant neighbors yeah. who, 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 you, who you didn't even know were child sex traffickers, supposedly? So, I mean, it's, it's just it's kind of ridiculous. Hmm. Well, in the interest of time, because, you know, I always think things are going to be faster than they are. We should probably keep moving along. But uh, I am fascinated to see Democrats 
flowing more towards this abolish ICE position as opposed to against it. Because I think it's such a losing issue for the vast majority of Americans. It's such a stupid political move to make. And I've been wondering, it's like, I know they're going to perform poorly in 2018 and lose in 2020. What creative ways are they going to do it? First, it was David Hogg and the anti-guns. Now we're going to have no borders. And of course, with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, we'll get to in a moment. It's communism light. Mm -hmm. Those are the issues they're going to choose. It's to lose spectacularly in the upcoming elections. Uh, one baboon one says I found blonde cause I found blonde cause hot blonde. Okay. Then I found the podcast. Then I found Matt. You two have made my life better because you've allowed me to express my actual opinions. Thank you so much. And hi roaming. You're great too. Well, thank you. That's very kind. A fellow Canadian. Uh, so, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, steel and soul 15 CNN says the left is moving. The only place they are moving is to the shuffleboard at their retirement home because their ideas are old, tired and delusional. I agree. Uh, Redicus, Mrs. Redshirt doesn't understand that Trump is just, uh, keeping eyes on the crazies to, uh, to keep the Republicans looking good. This being the, the pundit in the CNN panel, oh, I believe. Right. Yeah. Sometimes we're behind on super chat and blonde and I struggle with like, remembering what is this reference. referring to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Static Wave says, back pay for all the shows I've missed. I tried having a social life for a little while. That's fun. That was your but first mistake. Yeah, but watching your show live is an okay alternative. Well, thanks for tuning in. Roaming, can you say Irish? <laughs> I can't even say it. Irish wristwatch. Also, Blonde is stalking you guys in the chat. Irish wristwatch. It's oh, tough, isn't Irish it? wristwatch. Yeah. Uh, can't uh, Bella Tony says can't tell if Roaming Mill or Carly Kloss. I don't know who Carly Kloss is. Do you? Yeah, she's. I. I mean, if I'm thinking of the right person, she's a Victoria's Secret angel, and she's also the face of Swarovski crystals. Hmm. Okay. I do not uh, look like her. Roaming Millennial was the only one on this show to ever bring up eugenics. <laughs> I'd love her to to elongate or perhaps elaborate on that. I think welfare, high taxes, and open borders is having a dysgenic effect. Too red pilled. Uh, so what I will say to that is that there is a, right now an inverse correlation to the amount of education a woman has and the number of babies she's produced. Mm. And uh, the amount of education that a child receives is very strongly correlated with the amount of education their mother has received. Interesting. Uh, there is, yeah. Um, and there's also, there's a lot of research out there that shows that intelligence is inherited and comes very much uh, from your parents. And some people might say more from the mothers. So ladies out there, uh, if you, you know, if you are successful, if you're career driven, if you have it all together, please have kids, mm. uh, not, not just like one or two, but like, you know, we got to pop them out. I just, I, I hate to see, uh, you know, intelligent women who, uh, who feel like they, they shouldn't become mothers or don't have time to become mothers. I yeah. don't think that's eugenics, though. That has such a negative connotation. No, no, there was the. the I don't think they're talking Some about that. Some people, I know, I, I know what I said, but I also right, think it was that the, was justified, and I stand by it. Yeah, yeah, it was those period blood painters. Yeah, it's okay. It. If you're if you're if you're one of those people, just don't have kids. Like, yeah, not them, but the smart ones. Yeah, exactly. Or the, they're capable. The, the ones who don't use their bodily fluids for paintings. Let's yeah. start there. Come on. Okay, that's not right, says Matt, Matt and I once made love. We gave each other uh, a DNA test, if you know what I mean. All I can well, say how is very dare clear. you. How absolutely dare you, sir. Okay, let's, uh, in the interest of time, let's keep it moving. We'll, we will circle back to uh, Super Chat uh, in between these topics here. And thanks for everybody for supporting the, the show. Um, speaking of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, we, we went over her platform and some of her interviews last week because, as I keep saying, like this is a person who is... 
she's a card-carrying Democratic Socialist like Bernie Sanders, but as far as I can tell, she's like to the left of Bernie Sanders. Bernie didn't go far enough, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And what I, what's interesting to me is a media that loves the term far right. Everybody's far right, but there is no far left. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the darling of the Democratic Party. They all line up to support her with the exception of very few. I saw Claire McCaskill, who's conveniently up for a tough reelection bid in Missouri. Democrats who are up for, you know, tough, uh, tough reelection campaigns in uh, swing states are not as fond of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But generally speaking, the party and the media are lining up to fawn over this lady. And it's amazing to watch. Notably this week, DNC chair, the guy who runs the Democratic Party, Tom Perez, goes on a radio show, the Bill Press show, and says, um, yeah, look, this lady is actually the future of our party. We're all very excited. This is, this is what we're looking for is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. There was a primary in several states, your state, home state of Maryland, uh, and also up, up in New York. Big progressive, calls her because a Democratic mm-hmm. socialist, actually, like Bernie Sanders did. She was a Bernie Sanders supporter. And in Maryland, Ben Jealous, another strong progressive wins the Democratic nomination from governor. What's this tell you about where the Democratic Party's going today? My daughters, uh, I have three kids, two of whom are are daughters. Uh, One just graduated college, one is in college, and they were both uh, uh, texting me about their excitement over Alexandria because she she represents the future of our party. Uh, She ran a spirited campaign. Alexandria's victory was just a remarkable reminder of the depth that we have in the Democratic Party. The depth that we have in the Democratic Party, you say. Uh, Your thoughts? Well, um, I think this is great news for the Republicans. And I think the the only reason that Republicans are so successful, because I think as a party, they've made a lot of mistakes. Can't wait until people like Lindsey Graham, John McCain are out personally. But the only reason why they've done... Uh, you know, this current season better than Democrats is because the Democrats, it's like they're in a competition with each other to see who can do worse, who can be more out of touch with what people want. And you know what, this this kind of stuff might play great if you're somewhere like New York or California, true blue states. But, you know, when this gets to the national level, we're talking about, um, you know, general election, if you actually run someone who's in favor of the things that uh, Alexandria... uh, Ocasio-Cortez's. I Correct. Get a, there you go. Mix up the first middle, uh, first last name. It's tougher uh, than Irish. Lose, right? Because wristwatch. The, the average person does not want uh, open borders. Even especially if you look at the, I guess, general Democrat-based people like African Americans, they are not supportive of just widespread illegal immigra- immigration and amnesty and stuff because guess what that hurts people who are in economically vulnerable situations and, and, and people realize that so i mean hey go for it if you want to embrace this this platform on a party-wide level i mean i think it's great news for the republicans yep i i agree i think this a lot, all this stuff is appealing to maybe her her bronx or queens district uh, and remember thing that can't it, it's totally understated it was something like 13 percent turnout where she won yeah. like it was so low Twenty seven thousand people voted might work for those that small minority of people but <laughs> everything between california and new york these are all losing issues it's a way to kill your party now alexandria uh, ocasio Cortez. i'm just going to call her alexandria in the interest of time alexandria has been making the media rounds and she did an interview with vice news uh, which i thought was particularly interesting because of a few things she had to say that i think are are 
insane even for her, uh, which is saying something because virtually everything she says is insane as far as I can tell. But uh, but listen to what she had to say on um, on Vice News. She was suggesting in a way that you're not going to compromise. Well, the question is compromise what? I don't compromise my values. I will not compromise on a vision and I will not compromise on, on the goal and I will not compromise on on the future that I think is best for this country. Did you experience sexism during this campaign? Duh. <laughs> of course. Congress, it's 80% male. That's not an accident. It's not like women just decided, oh, I'm going to give up all my power. You guys go do it. I mean, come on. You were down at the border recently. Tell me how you think it can be solved. First of all, immigration is not a problem. One of the really serious issues is that that narrative and that mythology has really just been hijacked and perpetuated in the United States. The idea that immigration is somehow a negative thing. It really is awesome. Like, love immigrants. They're awesome. Hmm. Like, love immigrants. They're awesome. I So when I first started hearing about her, I had no idea that that would be the way she spoke. Hmm. A little too like uh, like teenage style for you or something. Well, the thing is, like you know, I know she's like a millennial and stuff, and like she's super young and stuff, and that's like really trendy, whatever. But the thing is, like when you're running for like you know a legislator position, I feel like you should be like a little bit more well. Stop! I'm gonna kick you off the show. Stop. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. That was very Thank good. Thank you. you know, I, I like actually, that. I, 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 I'm not that far off that myself. I know yeah. that, but I'm not. I'm not running for office. So. Yeah, it's difficult. A lot of people have different speaking tics and use filler words. I know I tend to use ums and, uh, you know, just make noises, things like that. And um, so I'm sympathetic to some extent, especially for somebody who's just thrown into the national stage. But it is it is she's got she's got some things to work on. I agree. Um, But but on her policy stuff or on what she the substance of what she had to say, if you listen to the full interview, I'll link it in the description. What she's saying is. She's not going to compromise on shifting the country in a socialist direction. She'll only compromise on the pace of the change. That should be really alarming. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to compromise on what's good for the country. I'm not going to compromise if I think something's good for the country. I'm going to only way I'm going to compromise is if we're shifting towards more government control, a more centrally planned, regulated economy. And if it's at a snail's pace, I'll settle for that. But I'd prefer if it was really fast. That's that's alarming. That should that should raise some bells. I hate what she says about Congress being 80% male. And that's evidence of sexism. She said, quote, it's like women just, it's not like women just decided, Oh, I'm going to give up all my power, except it is more men run for office than women. And there's no evidence that that is a product of coercion or discrimination. Men tend to run for office. Women tend not to. It's a product of choice. It is literally a product of women not choosing to take this route, not a product of sexism. And if it is a product of sexism, how the hell did you defeat a powerful incumbent male politician? How, how did you overcome this massive sexism that you faced? That really bothers me. And, and, and to the last point, she just totally conflates illegal and, and legal immigration. Oh, well, you, you oppose illegal immigration? Well, you should just love immigrants, dude. They're cool. Well, I do. If the if you follow the laws of this country, I have nothing against you. I think following the law is awesome when you immigrate to a country. How about that? Right. And I think wait, that frustrates me to know when when people conflate the two, all 
immigrants as if you know people uh want to deport legal immigrants they 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 make it seem like they're they're all in one boat and it's really frustrating for people who you know i've had to go through the process of the application the waiting time the fees the interview process and uh to, to be lumped in with people who just go across without any concern for the rule of law. I, yeah, they might be extenuating circumstances in some cases, but you could still apply for asylum legally and things like that. And to just say, hey, you guys are all the same. It, it's actually, it's really, really frustrating. And I think- yeah, you, I would think it's kind of insulting. It's completely insulting. And yeah. what bothers me about the progressive left right now and is what's such a slap in the face is that they don't give a crap about legal immigrants. They will totally yeah. throw you under the bus. They're talking about amnesty for millions of illegal immigrants. So what about all the people who spent years and hundreds sure. and hundreds of dollars who only have green cards? You're talking about giving citizenship to people who broke your laws, continue to break your laws by doing things like using fraudulent social security numbers. And you want to give them citizenship where there are people who've waited in line, who have gone to school here, who have like worked jobs for years and years, who only have a green card and seriously, they're the priority the illegal immigrants it's just it's such a slap in the face they couldn't give a crap about legal immigrants they don't i, I think you should just love immigrants dude they're like awesome they're they, like they awesome. are like awesome a couple more super chats before we talk about trudeau here which i'm excited for uh Redicus, proof that roaming is asian uh too cheap to pay for playing wi-fi <laughs> I can wait a few hours to check my email rather than spend $10. Okay, that is sure. Netflix for a month. True, true. Uh, although Netflix is filled with uh, Netflix. Actually, there's, I watch Netflix all the time. But have you seen like some of the stuff that's coming to it? Like all these like tranny or drag queen kids cartoons and all this yeah. weird bizarre crap and like i'm not i'm not one for boycotting just because of one show but i've noticed that lately the way that netflix is going and they have like tons of like stupid stuff about like yeah uh like everything is like about weed on netflix now and like all the transgender kids show i i'm not gonna boycott netflix but it's coming to the point where i feel like so let down in the quality of netflix original content that i may end up just hmm. canceling it not as a boycott but just as a, i no longer like your service anymore Drew McTighe says Oprah will be the Democrat uh, nominee for 2020. The O is for Overlord. Ooh, I, listen, I want to watch that campaign. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe Oprah could beat him. Maybe Oprah could beat Trump. I don't know. But celebrity she is charismatic, celebrity. and you mm. would. I mean, literally every single mo mother over the age of 40, every single woman over the age of 40 would vote for Oprah because mm. they love her so. Mysterium Lugosi. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Oh, wait, this is a 9.99, you troll. No. <laughs> Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> Appreciate it. Ooh, geez. Um, Chicago conservative uh, says, um, blonde is trash compared to roaming. Please make this a regular thing. I think, that's, I think that's harsh, but that's we would harsh. love to have you back. And Chicago yeah. conservative, he listens to the show all the time. So I think he's just being, he's just a being a little, troll. yeah, I think he's being a little trolly or mean. Uh, but yes, uh, Roman millennial will be back provided that she wants to come back. Always. You guys are the number one. Ah, well, you heard it here. Appreciate that. <laughs> Falcon millennial says, screw plane Wi-Fi. I prefer to fly myself. 1946 Kasana 140 forever. I really need to find a cure for nerd syndrome. Good for you, man. Uh, John Martin. Love you guys. Sorry, roaming. I can't fetishize you. I watch so much K-pop that you just look like a normal, good looking, intelligent woman. Matt. <laughs> awesome. As always. Thank you. Uh, Mafia Guido says, avoid the Catholic wedding roaming as a Catholic myself. If one of the many, uh, it's one of the many reasons why I will never get married. They are terrible. Jeez. Congrats on the Catholic engagement, by the way. Wrong. If that's the case. Hmm. <laughs> 
Benjamin Abrams, Matt and I met, once made love at a Trump rally. He dropped his pants and yelled, uh, where, where we go one, we go all. Okay. Then he showed, then he showed everyone his own cue. Thank you for that. Fathuligan? Uh, Fathuligan. Uh, you guys are awesome. Good to see you roaming. Here are some rubles to encourage your continued collusion. Well, thank you. Yeah. Jetski 77 ice was previously called INS. Same thing, different name. It's been around since 1933. Yeah. It was um, like, uh, as I understand immigration enforcement was previously under the DOJ and then, and then we it's created Department of Homeland security. Yeah. Post nine yeah. 11. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. There was, was always someone enforcing immigration. It's not yeah. like before ice, it was just come and go as you please. No yeah. big deal. And if someone has a proposal for how to better enforce immigration law, then that's fine. Like I'm not, it's not that it has to be the structure. It's just, I don't think these people are protesting the structure. I think they're protesting borders as a Yeah. Concept. The existence of the laws in the first place. Yeah. Exactly. Meek says, hello, roaming from a fellow Hong Kong American, uh, lay gum yut ho lang. I, is that, is that a, am I reading that right? Also congrats to blonde. Well, I don't know what the like the transliteration they did was. But holding is pretty, so yeah. Oh well, we'll take it as roaming is pretty. How about that? We'll go with that. Travis Valle. The worst argument about immigration policy is you can't be illegal on stolen land. The Native Americans did not have strong immigration policy, and look how well that worked out for them. <laughs> wow. Okay. Very true. Uh, we'll circle back to these in a minute. Uh, thanks for everybody for the super chats and for tuning in and supporting the show. I just really want to get to Justin Trudeau. Because your prime minister always entertains me from his, uh, you know, what did he have? His his rainbow Ramadan socks, re, you know, within the last year. And just, I don't know. He, he He's like the poster child for yeah. cuckery. And I don't use that word. Yes, puss, pussy hat wearing. He goes to those other countries and dresses up, culturally appropriates, looks ridiculous in India or wherever he went. Justin Trudeau is just a one-man clown show all the time. And I really like to tune in and watch. But now he's in trouble because he's apologizing for 18-year-old groping allegations. Um, the woman accusing him just broke her silence and revealed herself as Rose Knight. She's now public with, that, with her name. She's a former reporter. Knight accuses Trudeau of groping and inadvertently, uh, or inappropriately rather, inappropriately handling her at a music festival they both attended, this being 18 years ago, approximately the year 2000. Trudeau was there to raise money for avalanche safety. His brother died in an avalanche and Knight had been assigned to report on the fundraiser for the publication advance. And Trudeau has offered some somewhat conflicting responses, which has been fun to watch from my perspective. He's saying he doesn't think he did anything wrong or recall doing anything wrong, but he's also saying, quote, if I had known you were reporting for a national paper, his accuser, I would have never been so forward. On Thursday, Trudeau said, I've been working very hard to try to piece it together. And even the original editorial came out. Even when the original editorial came out at the same time, I was fairly confident. I was very confident that I hadn't acted in a way that I felt was in any way inappropriate. Trudeau appeared on CBC radio this week, explaining why he apologized if he thought he didn't do anything wrong and as we'll hear in this clip here on, on this radio show, he said, quote, I don't think I did anything wrong, but that's not the whole story anymore. Okay. So here's Justin Trudeau on uh, Canadian radio. You don't believe that anything inappropriate happened. Why did you apologize? 
because, um, and that's a great question because it's one that I've been reflecting on as well. If I apologized, it was because I saw that she had been made uncomfortable and I did not want her to be uncomfortable, regardless of whether I knew why she was uncomfortable or not. If you had a few minutes to talk with her, what would you say to her now? I, I wouldn't say anything. I'd listen. I'd listen to try and understand uh, what her, her perspective, what her, her experience was, uh, and reflect on, on how I could have done differently. Even though I don't think I did anything wrong, that's not the whole story anymore. What have you learned through this, this month in that experience? And, and you talked about reflecting yesterday, you talked mm. about looking back. What have you learned through that? Uh, well, I learned that, I mean, and, and this is something that I've learned through my whole life. My first volunteer experience was with the Sexual Assault Center in, at McGill, where we did a lot of talking around, uh, around communications and consent and assault and, and, and all these issues. Uh, and the one thing that, that I've seen very clearly is, you know, even for people who feel like they have a grasp on this, there's always more to reflect on always more to learn and this this transformation of our society uh, for the better uh, needs to involve every single one of us being reflective about about our actions and about how how they can be uh, experienced by others there's always more to learn always more to figure out it's like male feminism trademark it's quite <laughs> impressive yeah, yeah. um as I said earlier, like under normal circumstances, I, I would happily defend anyone who's accused of some decades old impropriety without evidence. But right. Trudeau has set this standard um, and it's difficult not to enjoy watching him scramble and, and, and struggle a little bit. Um, he's held a zero tolerance policy for sexual harassment within his own party. He's obviously been speaking about this issue a lot. Um, and even now, even when he believes sincerely that he did nothing wrong he's reduced to saying basically that any accusation has legitimacy even when it's against him and he knows he didn't do anything wrong because my feminism or right. whatever it's pretty impressive him yeah. trying to on the one hand uh defend the fact that he didn't do anything wrong and honestly i don't i don't think we have any reason to believe that he did right i mean like you said there's no there's no proof about this but on the other hand he's also trying to uphold the it's harassment if she thinks it is, regardless of what happened, which I was, yeah. which I did nothing wrong. But if she says I did, maybe it's something, but I did. Like, it's it's impressive. The gymnastics that went into that previous speech is impressive. Yeah, even for him. And he's known to be quite skilled in that area. Right. Um, I just hopefully, I hope that now he has a little more insight into how damaging this worldview can be. Justin, the standard you've set means any woman can destroy any man at any point in time without evidence. So... If ever there was a time to, you know, grow a little bit more of a spine and really stick up for someone accused, can it be yourself? Can you, can you, can you stand up for yourself? Like this is, if you can't stand up for yourself, you can't stand up for anybody. But uh, I, these kind of stories are just fun to me because it's like, uh, I don't want to enjoy this ever. I don't want to enjoy someone being accused without evidence and struggling, but it's like, eh, it's your own standard, dude. You're the one who created this enjoy it. I hope that your perspective has changed a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's frustrating to see this happen with Trudeau because he's the kind of person where the, his fans will love him re regardless, especially when it comes to women in Canada, they, they love Trudeau. And even like the way he's, when you and I look at his, I guess, justification, non-justification, we laugh. It's actually humorous to us. But if, if there's like a feminist out there who's listening to it, what I worry is that he's smooth enough on these subjects that, you know, oh, I, I wouldn't say anything. I would listen. I, I know <laughs> that there's women out there who are like, 
Yes. Yes, just so yeah, and that that scares me. Yeah. Um if if that's all you got on Trudeau, and that's all I have to say on Trudeau, there's another story I want to get to quickly. And then I don't know in if if um what your timeline looks like. We might have to scrap this last uh Starbucks story unless you're wanting to talk about it. I think I might do a video on it later this week, so um so that's fine if we if we nix that because we got some super chats to get to as well. Uh let's let's do the super chat and see what time that I take this Sure. To. Let's talk about this mom first and then get into the super chats uh, because this is a story that I've seen some national coverage of. So when I say that it's being you know inadequately covered, I'm not saying nobody's talking about it. What I mean is like this is the type of stuff that doesn't get the round the clock CNN panels like Parkland or other shootings that fit the narrative that, that people want to spin. So. On the night of the 4th of July, Michelle Booker Hicks was at a gas station south of Dallas and was getting, um, she was getting gas at this gas station when Ricky Wright, this carjacker, kidnapper, would be anyway, jumped in her vehicle and her two children, ages two and four, were in the back seats. And before the vehicle drove away, Michelle jumped into the back of the car herself. She told the man to stop. He refused. She reached in her glove compartment and grabbed her gun. She fired a single shot to his face. She said, quote, I'm not a killer, but I do believe in defending what's mine. She, um, and added, uh, I, hope, I hope that woke him up. <laughs> right then drove the, the guy who got shot in the face, drove the vehicle off the road, crashing into a utility pole where mom and kids escaped unharmed. Right survived. The guy who got shot in the face survived, hospitalized in stable but serious condition as of Thursday morning. Right was charged with unlawful restraint and unauthorized use of a motor vehicle. I have not seen any reports of charges for the mom, uh, and I hope there will not be. I say good to that. Uh, and uh, here's a, here's a brief uh, news report describing uh, the scene and sort of some images of what actually happened. And that's what police say happened at this Shell station here just south of downtown Dallas around 10 o'clock last night. This is what happened. Police say a man approached a car where there were two toddlers inside. The mom saw him jump in and start to drive off. So what did she do? She actually hops in this car where this carjacker is, gets in the passenger seat, and police say she was begging him to stop. He refused, so what she did next is she opened up the glove compartment, pulled out a gun, and she was forced to shoot that carjacker in the head. Now, police say just a few feet away, the car crashed. We've got video of that scene. It's just a couple yards from that spot, and the mom was able to get out of the car and take her children out of the car. This morning, police say that that carjacker was taken to the hospital. They haven't really elaborated on how badly he was hurt, but hopefully that mom and her children are back at home and together this morning. That guy's in all likelihood going to be permanently disfigured, like really badly. Right. Um, and, and look, dude, you're trying to steal a car full of kids. I, I don't have any sympathy for you. Right. And I mean, I'm kind of in the same position as you. I, I hear about these kinds of stories from places like Twitter, independent media, but uh, this stuff doesn't get nearly the same amount of attention as like a police shooting does in the national stage, nor does it yeah, yeah. A, a, attract as much, I guess, like a social awareness for people. But if you actually look at the numbers, cases like these of people using guns and self-defense are actually very, very common. Like yeah. there, there are more cases of these than police brutality. Thank, yeah. thank goodness. And you could imagine a situation, too, in which she doesn't fire a shot. She's trying to get this guy to stop. She pulls out the gun. He sees her. Goes, yeah, okay, whoa, 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 okay, okay. He stops the car, gets out. Um, yeah, this is this is the other side of the coin. This is the other side of the firearm ownership and possession coin, the other side of the Second Amendment, the sole purpose of the Second Amendment. Um, and 
I, I just, uh, my only purpose is I hope to emphasize these things so that we can see the good that this type of right does. And, um, and I just wonder on the other side too, what would have happened if she was unarmed? What would have, how far would this guy have, have driven? Could he potentially have kidnapped all three of them? Um, and why, I don't understand why we should pass laws making it more difficult for her to, uh, to protect her children in a lawful manner as she did. Good for I, I her. Hell of a mom. Agree, yeah. yeah. So, um, so good for Michelle in, in uh, south of Dallas. And, uh, and it sounds like everybody's okay except for the guy who doesn't deserve to be okay. So all things look good uh, in that story. Let's, uh, let's hop back into Super Chat if you're ready. Sure. Zach says, hey, Roaming, I just got married a month ago, but I can file. <laughs> well, he, he says, but I can file the divorce papers if you are down <laughs> for a shitty beer. Congrats on the engagement. And Matt, get your shit together. Join the wedding club. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I, I am. Oh, uh, then we can all start having babies at the same time. It's well, I I, I have some obstacles, but <laughs> to, to get back to me in a little while. Two uh, two a two a. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Two <laughs> a and I once made love. That's not how the meme goes. Two a and I once made love, and I was not a courteous lover. I didn't even cuddle after. Fact check true. Uh, <laughs> if you're talking about me. Uh, Steasley saw a roaming video the other day, saw the ring, cried all night. I'm better now. I challenged her fiance to an MMA fight. Winner gets the girl. Dang. A lot of, a lot of people want to fight him. <laughs> yeah, man. You really should have, uh, it's, it, who knew, who knew? Like previously you could have, we could have made a whole tournament of this. We could have made know. a game Maybe show. It could have been like some sort of, uh, which that, oh my gosh, Heath Ledger. And like the, mm. the, the girl is kind of mean and makes him do crazy stuff to win her affection. I can't remember, but I'm the worst with movies. Uh, I don't, nice I've never tale. seen a single nice movie. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen it. Never Good. seen it. You're missing out. David Bowen just has a heart emoji. Thank you. We appreciate it. Redicus. So a, a Wakandan pheasant climbed into the. St- Jeez. I got to read these in my head before a person climbed the statue to protest democracy. What about your dis- uh, despotic kingdom? Also, can her visa be revoked? I don't actually know. I saw some like Twitter rumors that she was like, like she was illegal and needed to be needed to be deported or something. I've not seen that confirmed. I'm not sure what her immigration status is. Yeah. Um, but uh, how do how many of these protesters realize they are making an in kind donation to the Republicans? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Abrams blocking the streets, stealing hats, pissing off tourists and locals alike, hating whites and men, encouraging random violence. Please, leftists, double down harder. Trump slide 2020 <laughs> hashtag repeal the 19th that's uh that's that's as i as i frequently tell blonde i have to cuck out on the issue of women's suffrage i'm not i'm not (laughs) i have to cuck out on that one but thank you benjamin abrams uh david harkins dear protester uh congress did put up radical immigration policy uh, change on the ballot twice including keeping families together in daca protections and no democrat voted for it please protest them fair point uh stan friend of the show stan good to see you back man uh (laughs) bitch didn't know what to do didn't know what to do you made your damn sign pretty damn fast good to see you roaming millennial oh hey matt uh oh hey matt hi blonde hope you had fun thank you stan Redicus, so protesters show up and uh to a nambla safe house to protest ice i didn't know bam was that well staffed exactly 
Uh, Hassan Chop, the Dems are absolutely 180 degrees off on every issue, border security, national security, the economy, constitutional freedoms, etc. I cannot wait to see the look on their faces when they are trounced in November. I was talking to my dad today. I hope he won't be mad at me for sharing a bit of a personal story. But my parents are basically like um, Reagan Democrats, you know, moderate Democrats. I, of course, was a formerly reliable Democratic voter, no longer. But I was talking about this stuff with my dad. And he's like, yeah, for the first I don't know if I can vote for Trump, but I cannot vote for these people because they're just so wrong on such important things same with with my dad he's actually um socially he's very conservative but politically he's reliably left-wing but he's actually with justin trudeau and the amount of refugees mm. that canada is taking in the same thing with hong kong hong kong's also had a huge influx of migrants he's actually gone to the point where he's he's like no i can't do this why why yeah. are we letting this happen this i mean just because your compassion doesn't mean you completely give up on things like rule of law so i think they're, they're really hurting themselves yeah it's uh so I, I i use my dad as kind of a, a i don't know like a uh, a gauge for moderate america you know yeah. my dad's kind of a, a swing voter independent-minded type not really super politically passionate but if he's any indicator you guys are in trouble democrats okay uh <laughs> Uh, Gabriel Lopez, who the meme of Gabriel Lopez is he tunes in every week to tell us who who the faggot of the week is. This week, he says, I cannot say faggot anymore. Effing YouTube. He had to spell it F-E-G-G-0-T. I'm sorry about that, Gabriel. <laughs> Texan Devil Dog meant to send the super chat last week. Knock her up. Knock her up. Blonde for pregnancy 2020. Have been enjoying the show for a while now. Thanks, Roaming Mill, for guest hosting. You get a rim shot for that one. I hope Blonde is listening. Billy Ray says, I just call her crazy eyes Cortez heart. You guys, I agree. She does have a enthusiastic look about her. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, did you really just call me a troll? Says Mysterium Lugosi. I, I have to go back and see what she said. Do we call him a troll? I can't remember. Oh, I think that was the one who um, said that I was better than blonde or something, but he's been watching um, the show. For, like, so well, that was Chicago conservative. Blonde. I forget what Mysterium Lugosi said. Sorry. I didn't mean to be insulting. Yeah. Appreciate your support for the show. Uh, Netflix, uh, John Smith, Netflix is run by the Barnes, uh, Bernays family. I don't know who that is. Edward Bernays invented the terms propaganda and herd mentality. They are the children of Sigmund Freud. Interesting. I'd have to look into that. Are you familiar with that at all? No, I haven't heard anything about that. Hmm. The dashing rogue is unlikely as it may be if I can prove Russian subversion in the alt-right to destabilize the USA and the West. Would you let me take you for a... Cup of kofefe, kofefe, Roman. As lovely as that sounds, I'd have to pass. Oh, bummer. So, so cruel. <laughs> uh, just a few more here. Uh, let's see. William Buffington says, Roaming, thank you for filling in. Blonde, congratulations on your new marriage. I'm pretty broke from my own recent wedding, but wanted to contribute a bit to the show that's been, uh, that I've been a fan of for so long. Well, thank you and congratulations. Everybody's, it's a big wedding week. That's, I know. that's awesome. Congratulations to all the newlyweds. Thank you, William. Oh, I mean, it's summer, so that makes sense. Summer <laughs> weddings are, are top tier. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the next uh, super chat. Lil Wang says, someone call ICE. Matt is dating an illegal. Not true. Fact check. <laughs> False. Um, okay, so we're caught up on super chats for now. As I said, if you don't, I'm comfortable nixing the Starbucks talker if you feel like you got to get out of here. Is that uh, the last one? If so, yeah, let's do that's it. That's the though. last topic I had. I yeah, think it's kind of it. interesting. Okay. But then, you know, the trade-off is if we stick around, there's going to be more Super Chat. So don't say I didn't warn you. Okay. I accept that. Okay. 
Well, uh, it's very kind of you. Thanks for filling in and doing the. the I also, I really want to bash Starbucks on this, so it's like. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> so do I. So everyone's familiar with this bizarre story that Starbucks has been involved with. Really, um, going back to this incident in Philadelphia, in which those two black guys showed up for a meeting and were told they had to buy something and they the wanted to use the bathroom, but they didn't want to buy anything, so they, they, they were asked to leave. Then the cops came, kicked them out, and it was some big racial issue. And then, of course, uh, Starbucks closed down in May for an afternoon to give their all their employees racial bias training. This component I was not familiar with because I thought that was mostly the extent of it. I thought Starbucks was mostly just doing a big public virtue signal to move past it. They're actually much more intent on reforming the company in depth than I was previously aware. So they, as I said earlier, they have two civil rights experts who were, I guess, hired, but they weren't paid. Like they were brought on to, um, com- to, to write a report to advise Starbucks on its racial bias issues. And they've recommended a quote, racial equity overhaul suggestions from this, from these civil rights experts include internal audit, examining customer service biases, improving policy manuals because they lack adequate information about detecting or addressing discrimination. Uh, They say Starbucks should deepen its connection to local communities, consulting local experts about gentrification and discriminatory policing. Why is that Starbucks problems? Uh, Starbucks problem? Also, I'm sorry, but if there's Starbucks there like that, they're the first sign of gentrification. (laughs) (laughs) like let's face it fair point and then the other the last piece in here or no what else what else is there oh they also say starbucks should hire an independent racial equity consultant to create a detailed plan for future diversity uh and anti-bias training sessions they're gonna have more of these training sessions Uh, but this is what i found to be most interesting other recommendations include creating a customer bill of rights that outlines how customers can report their experiences. Uh, and this is going to be displayed in every store. And I need to read the report because I want to know exactly what they mean by customer bill of rights. Well, uh, maybe it's a, go they've ahead. Already they released something a while ago where they've said that any person who enters a Starbucks now can use a bathroom. Right. It became so a hobo yeah, central. Right. That's yeah. kind of like a right then. So maybe it's like, yeah, you're allowed to use our bathroom. You can use our napkins. Uh, you could smack our staff around a little yeah. bit. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you could totally Trudeau up the place if you want. Starbucks will not kick you out. Uh, so, th- but I'll, I'll have to know what they mean. Like in the context of the government, you have a bill of rights, a bill of negative rights. Like government will not interfere or intrude mm-hmm. on your life, especially in these defined areas or in these certain defined areas. You don't have a right not to be interfered or intruded with on private property of someone else or a corporation and, and a private place of business, you are there at the owner's pleasure. And if you, if the rules of, of patronizing this business are not, not um, appealing to you, then you take your vote of your dollar. You go somewhere else to another business that's more suitable to your taste. But the idea that Starbucks owes you something, whether it's a place to sit, whether it's a bathroom, whether it's a cup of coffee, Starbucks doesn't owe you anything. You can buy their products on a voluntary basis or not. But (laughs) Starbucks, I'll have to, I have to read this to figure out what exactly they mean. But the implication to me is that Starbucks owes the public stuff. And if that's what they mean, then this is going to be a, a, a business killer in addition to just morally wrong. 
Right. And that what frustrates me so much is because I believe in the best customer service possible, right? That mm-hmm. actually makes a huge difference to me. If I go to a restaurant or like a chain and the customer service is bad, that's actually like, I probably won't go back there if it happens enough times, maybe if it's not just a one-off, but I care about customer service. It's so important. Uh, but at the same time, I also think that businesses don't owe you anything, right? If they want to go out of their way to be great to their customers, that's amazing. But I actually completely started with Starbucks on the fact that you shouldn't be able to use a company's, uh, a place's bathroom if you haven't bought anything. And especially if they've explicitly told you, hey, you're going to need to buy something. So just to see them completely bend over backwards in a a way no other company, to my recollection, has done like this. The only thing I can think of is that I think Starbucks knows that its core demographic that it reaches are these millennial progressive yuppies, Mm. right? Like you can't be Starbucks and then piss these guys off because they're the only ones drinking the soy grande frappuccino or, you know, it's most of them, right? And I say that as someone who likes Starbucks, like you're, I, again, I don't really believe in just boycotting people, but you're really making it hard for me to enjoy your already overpriced lattes. When and I can't, I, um, as, as someone who's an infrequent coffee shop patron, you know, every once in a while, if I need a convenient breakfast or something, I'll go into these places and a former occasional Starbucks patron. I actively avoid Starbucks now. Like I, I can't say that I'm boycotting. Like maybe if I'm in an airport and there's nothing else I will, but where I have a choice, I do not go to Starbucks. And it is expensive. if, well, there's that angle too. But really for me, it's like, this is a company that doesn't share my values or my philosophy. This is a company that's not willing to defend itself either. Much like my distaste for Trudeau. It's like, stick up for yourself when you didn't do anything wrong. Starbucks, you didn't do anything wrong. And yet you're bending over backwards to spend all this money and all this internal um, the, the people to investigate you and make recommendations and, and all these costs that are going to produce nothing because you don't have a problem and you didn't do anything wrong. And you know, if I'm any indicator of, of people's preferences or tastes, um, and if if the problem of sinking a bunch of money into these internal uh, investigations or audits that aren't going to do anything are any indicator, uh, Starbucks is in trouble. So the, their their shares have dropped. Uh, this you know reports of June, uh, reports in June, their shares uh, have dropped on, re- on weak sales forecasts. They plan to close more than 150 stores next week. Um, just uh, in addition to just pissing people off like me. You're telling me you're going to sink all this money into these stupid projects that will not return any profit to your investors. Your investors are going to be pissed off, rightfully so. They're not getting the money that they should expect to get. Um, (laughs) If I owned Starbucks stock, I would be selling that very quickly. Yeah. And the thing is, so I like Starbucks because I don't drink coffee. And Starbucks is one of the few places where they, you can really get a lot of cool non-coffee drinks that aren't just a hot chocolate or a tea. Like you can get anything Mm -hmm. under the rainbow at Starbucks. So I try not to make my purchases overly political because I I don't like it when the left decides to boycott people just because they, you know, Sean Hattie or whatever. But Starbucks has actually brought it to the point where regardless of whether I support Starbucks's pol- or politics in theory, they're actually, not only do they support this, like, I don't know, socialist utopia on paper, but they're actually trying to make that a reality in their store to the yeah. extent that my experience as a customer may now have to involve uh, fighting off homeless people for a place to sit or something like that. It's like, that <laughs> yeah. is an impressive way to alienate customers at Starbucks. So yeah. good job. On the other side of it, I was, you know, in town here, there's several Starbucks, of course, and I saw one last week. Maybe it was the holiday week and just more people in town or whatever, but that that drive-through line was super long. And then for a moment I thought, God damn it, you guys can't you guys go to one of the other coffee shops in town? Stop supporting this nonsense. But the difference between me and and a lot of these, you know, leftist protesters who do the same thing for other companies they perceive as not showing their values is I, I for me it's like, mm, I don't 
want to support Starbucks for reasons X, Y, and Z. So I'm just not going to go there. I didn't go and try to interrupt anyone in the Starbucks drivers driving line. Yeah. Own consumer decisions. Right. I'm not going to go impose my will on these people or interrupt their day or ruin their 4th of July because they're buying coffee that I, coffee from a company who I happen to disagree with philosophically. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got to say on Starbucks. Did you, did you get enough? Shitting on Starbucks to suit your taste. Yeah. And I, I mean, I say all this now, but it's like, I know when, I mean, October comes around, I'm going to be right back up there lining and staying in line for that, the cruel pumpkin spice latte misfit. So. <laughs> oh, you're one of them. Yeah. You're one of those and pumpkin, it, pumpkin spice bitches. Coffee for you if you don't want it with coffee. So it's just like pumpkin spice frothed milk and it's delicious. Oh, God. It's hard. Well, at least it's seasonal for yeah. now. When are they going to bring it year round? I'm surprised demand isn't high enough. Well, because in 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 the winter they have all the holiday drinks. They have like mm. uh, peppermint mochas and yeah, such. peppermint yeah. mocha and stuff and ch- hazelnut chestnut or whatever. So it's like they have like a whole seasonal menu going on. Yeah. All right. Well, don't the other shops rip that off? Don't doesn't anybody else do pumpkin spice? In, in Tim Hortons, they tried and it was awful. And the things mm. with Tim Hortons, they don't have baristas. They just have like regular people there that they don't know what they're doing. They can't make you your special because I I'm basic. I have a very custom drink. Like in the summer, my drink is a vanilla cream frappuccino, a grande vanilla cream frappuccino with coconut or sorry with chocolate chips and six pumps of the peppermint Jesus, and, that's not basic that's like that's very uh that's very detailed yeah well because they're so it's so customizable at starbucks yeah. which other places don't do it's it's hard i, I don't know what i'm gonna do hmm. well, we just got a few super chats to, to get through before we're finished up for the evening as much as uh, uh snarfsta says as much as i love and miss blonde on the show i'm enjoying the dy- the dynamic with roaming millennial love everything you guys put out and i appreciate the content you produce thank god texas woman had a gun well thank you very kind and i and i agree um Let's see. Nodder T Tabby says, got tired of my name being mis- mispronounced. So here's uh, an anagram. That's not an, an isn't an anagram. That's the same. The word is the same forward and backward. I think an an is anagram the one that's where it's you mix up. The oh one? yeah. You that's right. What am I thinking of? What's the name for the thing? That's palindrome. This, palindrome. You're right. Um, okay. So this has got to be Andrew. You stumped me. T-T-A-B-E-Y. Can you arrange those letters? Andrew. T-T-A-B-Y? T-T-A-B-E-Y. I'm pretty good at anagrams, but I can't do them in my head without seeing them. All right. Sorry. We, we disappoint Sorry. our super chatters frequently with references we don't know and other stuff. So we'll have to, we'll have to leave this one. Thank you, Andrew. Um, and thank you for remembering what an anagram is, because I would have had another epitome moment if you didn't. You're welcome. I'm, I'm here for my trivial grammar knowledge. Yes. Jacob says, yuppies, uh, working at CRTV must have caused some Phil Robertson to rub off on roaming. <laughs> it's true. It's not a term you hear very, very frequently anymore. Yeah. Oh, the, the young people's. I've heard, yeah. a, I've seen a couple of people in chat call me a boomer. It's not inaccurate. Mm. Philosophically or what? I think philosophically. I get called yeah. that a lot. I think it's because I complain about the young people. Yeah. Shot class philosophy says uh, they have to hire more diversity consultants because the universities have made it a thing and these jobs don't exist in the real world. Thanks for another great show. That's true. Maybe they have a deal with all these gender studies and diversity departments and so in these, in these colleges that they have to create jobs. Uh, Reload real quick. Make sure we didn't miss anybody. 
Uh, we do have a couple more. These will be the these will be it though. Uh, here in Australia, they did uh, report that showed almost no immigrants live near the pro-immigration politicians. Uh, what do you think the likelihood of that in, is in the U.S.? Uh, I would like to see a study of that. I speculate confidently that none of these politicians live in heavily immigrant neighborhoods, except for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who says she does, but she's apparently from some New York suburb, not in fact the Bronx. Uh, Joshy boy. It's last word. He says America runs on Dunkin' roaming. So they don't have any near me. I do like Dunkin' Donuts, but again, like they have mediocre hot chocolate, and I'm not a coffee person, so it's mm. not much competition for Starbucks. Seriously, the the non coffee drinker market is wide open, looking for looking for some attention. Corporate America. Mm. Well, hey, thanks for um, thanks for filling in tonight. We I seriously really appreciate. It. I don't think I can do this. I can't do the show solo. Like it. It wouldn't really work. And to have someone reliable who's, up, you know, informed on the news and able to fill in for Blonde, that's huge for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I love being on the show. And anytime I'm on with you guys, I'm like, I want my own podcast now, which is actually part of the reason why I have my producer uh, on air with me for like, you know, once a week. So I have someone to talk to because you get bored monologuing all the time. I, like, that, Yeah, it's tough. It's it's totally tough. And I, I haven't checked this out yet, so I'll have to see it. Um, but uh, but if if you are, in fact not familiar with Roaming Millennial, if you're one of the two people on the internet who don't know uh, her channel and her stuff, I have links both your YouTube channel and your Twitter in, uh, atop the description for people to find. Is there any place else you'd like to send people? I know you're over at CRTV, so if you'd like to see your stuff at CRTV, that's Yeah, CRTV. you can um, com, see my stuff right? at CRTV.com forward slash roaming. Use the code roaming if you want to sign up for an annual subscription. Uh, you get money off. And uh, also the last thing I will talk, like mention briefly is that if you go to my Twitter page, uh, the pinned tweet is a link to um the gofundme page of one of my mm. best friend's little cousins um who has a brain tumor um so I, i'll be promoting that again on on my twitter and on my channel instagram but um you know if you want to help out or you're able to uh check it out or if not you know sharing it and definitely any prayers that you guys could offer uh would really be appreciated sure all the best Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. Uh, that's going to be the show for tonight. Thanks to everybody for tuning in and, and dealing with, um, you know, us trying to make to do the best we can without the blonde Fuhrer to really, you know, be fired up and all that. Uh, appreciate you live viewers, super chatters, supporting the show and, and everybody keeping us honest and informed on the facts when we sometimes misfire. Um, if you're listening on YouTube or on an audio platform on demand later, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more material, including Wednesday night's call-in show, uh, interviews we've done elsewhere, some stuff you won't find on YouTube, all on the audio platform, so be sure to check those out. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, they're all linked conveniently in the description for you. And you can always email us. That's uh, beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We will be back next Sunday, and I'm sure Blonde might have some wedding stories if she wants to, uh, to share them. And of course, congrats, Roaming, on your engagement as well. Uh, yeah, I want to see pictures from the wedding. I'm a sucker for wedding pictures. We'll see if she shows them. We'll be back next Sunday. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. <laughs>